Hi, everyone. Instead of a theme tune today, we have a very special replacement tune, you could say, <laughs> in line with the theme of today's episode. So enjoy. Uh, ever has a stupid question well we're here to answer it welcome to this is a stupid question but i'm your host Mahnor. and i'm amy and this is a podcast where we find all their smart answers to all their stupid science questions and this week we're answering the stupid science question how realistic is jurassic park and we have a special guest for that nicole who looks terrified <laughs> yes yeah, so joining with nicole who um, has done a zoology degree and is now completing her master's in wildlife conservation and wildlife management, but has a side hobby of being obsessed with dinosaurs. (laughs) So (laughs) hence the expert for this week's episode. Um, So we we just love dinosaurs as well. And we thought we would just want to ask Nicole all the fun questions about them. Before we get into the fun facts, Nicole, will you tell us like the basic terms that we need to understand for all like the dinosaur names etc what they mean well yeah okay so uh you know when you look at a lineage in a sort of genetic family tree you can go a lot further back but if we just want to look at dinosaurs they're a special genetic group essentially and we don't need to know or like get into how they got there but the two main groups of dinosaurs are the ornithischians again not sure how you pronounce that and the Saurischian. Um, this is actually quite confusing labels because the ornith, that prefix means birds, um, but these are actually not the lineage that birds descended from. So the ornithischians are the sort of herbivores, so think your stegosaurus, ankylosaurus, triceratops, or ceratopsians, I should say, and your pachycephalosauruses, things like that, you know, the sort of herbivores, and quite a lot of them are they're, they walk on four legs, <laughs> rather than bipedal, which is what, you know, T-Rex, they walk on two legs. So the other main section, these are sort of two split sections of dinosaurs, Thorishians. And these include, so theropods, which are the big sort of carnivores, and they walk on two legs. And the sauropods, which are your brachiosauruses, you know, things with long necks and long tails. So those are the two main distinctions of dinosaurs. And it's quite important because people think that birds are descended from T-Rex. They sort of like, oh, yeah, the chicken mm-hmm. is, you know, from the same lineage of t But that's not quite like accurate. It's not the same line, but it's the same group. So birds came from theropods, but they came from like manoraptorids. But the, the T-Rex were in the group related yeah, to these so manoraptors. That's like a whole other group and that's where avian birds, so yeah the birds are in the theropod line but all other lineages didn't survive so only the avian birds from the theropods survived. But that ah, doesn't okay. T-Rex. So they're cousins but it's not directly descended. Nice, okay that makes sense. So I'm going to start off with a fun fact. I found out about dinosaurs before we go into the questions, Nicole. Let's hear it. Let's, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> the word dinosaur 
came from um, an English naturalist, Sir Richard Owen in 1842, and it's derived from the Greek words dinios, which means fearfully great, and soros, which means lizard. So it's fearfully great lizard. I like that. Did you know that, Nicole? Yeah, yeah so he oh. coined that well <laughs> yeah. back. Like, like you said, the, what, 1842? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so basically, he was a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> he was a bit of a strange guy. <laughs> but you can... Aren't all dinosaur experts. <laughs> well, so yeah, that's the thing. Like, um, There's this book that's like, it's called The Dinosaur Hunters. And it's all about, it's not so much about the biology, but it's more about the people who found the fossils. And of course, back in that day, it was all like white, middle-aged, middle-class posh men who were like, and they were all quite religious. And I think... Richard Owen was like a bit of a he didn't like Darwinism and natural selection and all that so he actually became a bit of a villain and he sort of yeah he didn't believe in that sort of you know it was was very at odds with each other so yeah he did coin that or he sort of yeah associated most with it but he wouldn't have been the first person to see a dinosaur like because I was actually going to ask that yeah was the first person to find dinosaur bones well nobody knows that yeah (laughs) Because obviously, imagine all these people in ancient civilizations who must have like seen this and been like, what the, like, oh my goodness. Uh-huh. And no wonder there's so much folklore about dragons and magic and stuff. They must have seen yeah. this. And like, yep. oh yeah. But I think in terms of like recorded, you know, when science starts to write stuff mm-hmm. down, um, you all know about Mary Anning, don't you? She... No. What? 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 <laughs> See, this is the thing. She didn't get any credit, but she made incredible advancements in paleontology because she found so many fossils down in the Jurassic coast of England and she was just like a little I don't know I think she was fairly poor and she just went to the beach found things and sold them to tourists and whatnot and was got I don't know got in contact this comes from the book as well the dinosaur hunters um she used to sell it to sort of people in British society you know like geology society or whatever Mm -hmm. and then they would find these bones and be like hold up what's this and she found the first fossil of I, okay, I don't know how to pronounce this. This is one of the ones that I have no idea. It's <laughs> like an ichthyosaurus or an ichthyo... Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like a fish dinosaur with a weird big eye and it's kind of creepy. And that's when people start to take her seriously and like wow. take her work. And then that's when all the dinosaur terms got coined and all of this stuff. And then that's when... Because I think evolution was just taking off and people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We did not descend from apes. Hell no. But then... <laughs> Then they started to find these fossils and put pieces together. And she didn't get any credit for this until like now. There's a new film out with her. And is it Sorshi Ronan and Kate Winslet? There's a new film Uh out about them. But yeah, that's about Mary Anning. And she needs the credit that she is due. Okay, Mary Anning. Okay. And that was like the 1800s then? Yeah. So that was That's a cool fun fact. Yeah. And not enough to know about her. Yeah, no. Like, they should do. (laughs) Right. And from, wait, so you said from there they started naming all the dinosaurs, well, started naming fossils. Well, that's, I think at first they didn't have a clue what these things were. I'm pretty <laughs> sure a lot of the guys started to piece together bones and things, you know, things that might mm-hmm. logically fit. But I'm pretty sure at one point they put the bone of a thumb on top of their head because they thought it was a horn or something. And they would like, you know, there's quite a lot of rivalry. They wanted to be like mucous things. They yeah. made they made up yeah. bones and stuff. And was like, we found a new species, even though it was just oh. like they just made it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it was um, 
something William Buckland. They're all called William something or Buckland. <laughs> yeah, they are. yeah, I think there was rivalry between some guy called Mantle Buckland and yeah, Richard Owen, the guy who turned out to be a bit mean. <laughs> <laughs> All in this book. I'll recommend lots of books as we go through. There's, there's so, so many good much ones. drama yeah, in the dinosaur good. world. <laughs> yeah, because it's all about status, I guess. It's all about wanting yeah. to discover the first new thing and all of that. And I guess as soon as you have something new and exciting, there's always people who are willing to cheat to get there and just make mm-hmm. their own bones. Well, that's the thing. In the USA, there was like a huge, it's literally called The Bone Wars. You can Google it. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, it's not, but <laughs> it's just like these two paleontologists and they're just like, throw money at this whole project to find them as many bones as they can and destroy their rivals bones and <gasps> it's basically just a status thing and it was almost like a gold rush but for dinosaur bones because like if you oh, think wow. when this all started to get realized and then the sort of concept the dinosaurs arose people just wanted more and more and more and it was like in Pompeii but when they didn't have a word for a volcano because they'd never seen one before so same with dinosaur mm-hmm. this concept was is really new like it's really, really new. Less than two hundred years, old, or yeah, like you say, it was coined before. Yeah, considering um, how old these things are. Yeah, and so yeah, the Bone Wars. People, it was two paleontologists. I think it was what's his name, Edward Cope, and oh bollocks, what's his name? Sorry, am I allowed to swear? By the way, you're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> I said I stopped myself before. I was like, holy. F- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, don't worry. This is like not a PG. Or... I don't know what, like, the parents, they need to learn someday, don't they? The kids. <laughs> Both Neil Charles Marsh and Edward Drinker Cope. There you go. Yeah, Edward weird names. Drinker Cope. Exactly. How am I meant to remember Drinker? <laughs> I feel like I would probably remember Drinker more <laughs> out of. <laughs> Maybe it was a nickname. Maybe he was a heavy drinker. Yeah, know? exactly. They used to be named after things, weren't they? So you <laughs> never know. Um, so they um. were born bone wars. <laughs> yeah, and so basically that kind of helped people discover more and more because there was such a frenzy. It was almost like the new fad. It was exciting. Yeah. People wanted to discover more stuff. And you know, has... over the years. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so it, has the fad died down a bit because they yeah. found like the bulk of it or is it still ongoing? No, if anything, I think it's just a bit of an exponential curve because we've got so much more technology now and more mm-hmm. sort of cool. opportunity and education. And yeah, more sites are being discovered and these things are valuable, you know, people realise how important they are. So no, I wouldn't say it's dying down at all. If anything, so it's going up. We'll probably find more bones and discover more species of dinosaurs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. We've barely scratched the surface because wow. most of the bones and things that we found have been in you know places that are obvious where they're going to be found, sort of deserts where they're eroding. And you can, but think about all the places under the forest, like that's all over the world. The soil and everything is compact. It'll be deep under there. There's a whole crust in the world that won't be discovered till God knows when. So, like all over the world. Yeah, so basically dinosaurs roamed the whole world. It wasn't that we were just one part of the world. No, the they were pretty much all over because, you um, you know, Pangaea, when all the continents created one mm-hmm. big supercontinent? Yeah. So basically, I don't think people realise how long the dinosaurs lived for. So what, it was in the Mesozoic era and then they had the Triassic period, the Jurassic and Cretaceous period. Um, and so I think the Triassic started like 250 million years ago. And then the dinosaurs died out 65 million years ago. So you do the maths. There's quite a long time. Wow. Okay. Like- I didn't realize dinosaurs lived that long. Me too. Yeah. And people are like, oh, how did they evolve? And I'm like, they had loads of time to evolve, guys. Like loads yeah. of time. Yeah. Plenty of time. 
<laughs> and yeah, and Pangaea, this big supercontinent, over these millions and millions of years, started to break up. And there was like back then, all the temperatures and things were different, so there were no poles as we would know them. Mm-hmm. So they I'm can just like I'm stressing out. Yeah, it's just, people are just—it's crazy, isn't it? The more yeah. you learn. Huh? So there were no poles in the sense that. No, I don't get what sense that is in actually. <laughs> <laughs> like there, um, you know how the North Pole isn't a landmass; it's just ice. Yeah, Th- that didn't exist because it was too okay, warm. Okay, yeah. So there, there was um, just like water there, or whatever the hell there was back then. Yeah, and so this supercontinent is just floating around, and you know, it's tropical. I'm sure they had polar forests, like cold places. Yeah. But they didn't have poles as such, and so all the dinosaurs and stuff were just kind of intermingling, like chilling. Um, nice. And then as it starts to break up. I think in sort of Jurassic, that's yeah, that's when they start to go into different continents, and then that's when they start to get big and they radiate because they have the opportunity to, and it's mm-hmm. different, different oh. climates, different niches to sort of fulfill, and yeah, they just got absolutely massive in the Jurassic era. I was gonna say that like I've heard about Pangaea and I've heard about them spinning, mm-hmm. but no one's ever told me that the dinosaurs were on it this whole time. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. and they were so they split and then they evolved because the climate started to develop separately well i think again just because like they lived for such a long time that yeah there's so many different niches and different places and Mm -hmm. different environments and they managed to get so basically there was a big mass extinction right before the triassic which kind of gave dinosaurs a way in they were pretty primitive like there wasn't many of them they were kind of just weird little lizard things walking around and then there was another uh mass extinction at the end of the triassic and again dinosaurs managed to survive along with other things like mammals and whatnot and then it was in the jurassic they really dominated that was when mm-hmm. they were at the height of the game like um and that's when birds evolved as well but again they were just a very small part they were just kind of in the background but these huge huge dinosaurs they just radiated and like you had the huge huge like uh sauropods which are the big four-legged ones you know the kind ones yeah. with the big long necks and oh, yeah. they dominating in most continents and then you'd have the top apex predators which would just be like your standard like imagine a t-rex but it wouldn't be a t-rex unless it was at the mm. north um but that sort of niche had been filled by teethy theropods theropods are just two-legged bitey dinosaurs <laughs> you find, like, different, find different types so you find different types of species of dinosaurs in different parts depending on how they evolved because of the climate there yeah but they were all yeah. kind of from the same place so that's why loads of them that look the same but are slightly different mm-hmm. right and what allowed them to get so big yeah. oh man this is a huge like question uh people have been asking this for ages because people are like yeah. how come it doesn't happen today like how there's so many aspects to it it's kind of like there's there's the biophysics of it there's luck involved there's climate so essentially today we're living in I think we've got the highest biodiversity we've ever had in mm-hmm. like the modern era right now, which yeah. is pretty cool. I mean, apart from the fact that we're killing it all. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, not for long. <laughs> yeah, not for long. But, um, so, you know, there's quite a lot of niches filled. And so back then, like I was saying, when there was a big mass extinction, they kind of had this opportunity to just expand. There weren't, you know, predators to hold them back there was so many places to evolve into and so i think i think the biggest dinosaur was well they, there's always different ones like oh the biggest the longest the heaviest mm-hmm. for each place but i think overall like the biggest mm-hmm. one that ever lived 
uh, was a titanosaur, which is uh, Argentinosaurus, which is a type of sauropod. Again, it's the long necky one, <laughs> right. but it was it was freaking huge. Like, how perfect. like how big? So you know a blue whale? That's oh, not yeah. even the size. Oh my god! Perfect. What? <laughs> Amy doesn't like whales. <laughs> I I'll tell you why because they're Wait, too big. So... I didn't know you didn't like whales. Um, I, I don't like things that um are too big. Too big. Yeah, like a blue whale next to a goldfish. Same oh, you're gonna idea. love this. Anyway. How big was it? Go. How the how the hell is it bigger than a blue whale? Oh, the blue whale isn't even the same size as its tail. <laughs> you can you can Google image it and then you see this size of the human for scale and you just think, God, oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> Titanosaurus? Uh, Argentinosaurus. Argentinosaurus. I'm Googling it as well. Argentinosaurus. Found him. Amy, I can hear your stress. Oh. <laughs> okay, it's so big. What the hell wow. is that? How? Oh my God. I can't find the one with the blue whale comparison, but yeah, it was... I found the one with the T-Rex comparison, and it's like, a T-Rex is like a midget. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's an elephant comparison, there's a human. I'm Mario. thinking it's probably... Oh, they, there's, it's next to... Oh my God, it's better than And its than face a, is airplane. tiny! <laughs> yeah, it's head. I don't think I have very big brains. <laughs> no. So, it looks like a herbivore. It was a herbivore, so it wasn't particularly Why? scary. <laughs> Apart yeah, from and if you saw that coming, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no. But like, why, in terms of adaptation, how is it being a herbivore? I would imagine like uh -huh. a carnivore would be bigger. Mm -hmm. There are different theories. Yeah. yeah. There are different theories on this, so I shall read some of them. Let's hear research beforehand, because you know when you're sort of like, oh yeah, that's cool, but you can't remember any of the reasons why. Yeah. So you have yeah. to re look it up. Okay, so they think that some of the reasons why this animal got so big, mm -hmm. it doesn't chew; it just eats things, and then its stomach does all the hard work. It literally just gobbles, 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 gobbles constantly. It has a very fast growth rate to evade predators, so select it got selected to just grow really big because if you're really big a predator is not going to eat you because it's going to look mm -hmm. at you and go nah, oh fair yeah back that mm -hmm. um and then the, also this is why it's really interesting because people are comparing them to sort of birds and things even though birds didn't descend from this direct lineage um but they think that they had hollow bones and like sort of they managed to have a really light skeleton so but really strong so it could hold all their weight but then they could grow to these enormous sizes. And then mm. people start asking questions like, is it warm-blooded? Is it cold-blooded? And there's still a lot of debate over this. Um, but they, there's one dinosaur, I think it's called Willow or something. I don't know, remember where they found this. I'm going to Google, Google dinosaurs as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they found a fossilized heart of this dinosaur, which had four chambers. And I think that was very unusual for a reptile and it means it had a very efficient heart and it managed to get blood pumping all the way to the top and it had efficient lungs like birds. So it managed to just grow and use energy properly. And mm -hmm. so they think that it's just like a combination of all these things just sort of perfectly aligning, just allowed it to grow to huge, huge, mm -hmm. huge, huge proportions. Just the Imagine just seeing that. Oh. Yeah. And some people thought maybe it had to live in a swamp to like hold its like its huge body. And some people are uh -huh. saying it has a long neck to sort of balance out their tail. And 
like it just somehow got selected to be absolutely huge and then the biophysics of it some they, it, it works out because you would think mm-hmm. how on earth would it oh that's exactly and yeah, like, I think it would be wasteful to be that big like because you can't yeah. like, well maybe it could but could you run from anything yeah yeah they think that the parts of the lungs had air sacs in the bones which helped lighten it and then that just helped yeah it was kind of all just like the stars aligning so many little things just helped it again this is all just theory and debate and as you find more you add more evidence to it Mm -hmm. but um and something i wanted oh sorry you go first because mine takes us away from this yeah um mine was kind of on what you said that we don't know if they're cold-blooded or warm-blooded so was there like do we think there was a mix of them or we just don't know whether all of them were this way or all of them were that way or we just don't know uh again there's a lot of people arguing for different sides but because that's the thing with evolution like they came from a lineage of reptiles and they evolved mm-hmm. into birds, which are warm-blooded. So along the way, they must have transitioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people assume that it must be like the flick of a switch, but it's not. It's a continuum. You have no, like you don't know which ones maybe did and which ones didn't. Like it, it could. Yeah. Each one is a, its own special case in its own mm-hmm. way. So you've just got to sort of look at all the fossils and figure it out. But I think a lot of people do think for the big ones. They might have been warm-blooded because otherwise, how would they grow so? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I was just like that. There's no way that thing could do anything if it's cold-blooded. Yeah, so a lot of people say that as well. But then there's this whole issue with if it's warm-blooded and it was if it was cold. Wait, was it warm-blooded and it was that big? Then how would they lose excess heat or something? Cool. I don't know. I can't remember. But they would. Yeah. So if they're warm-blooded, they need to figure out a way to maintain their heat. And if they're cold-blooded, they're just losing heat all the time. Mm-hmm. So either way, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why it stumps a lot of people. Because people, yeah. like, scientists don't really know. I think it kind like of like physically, changed. what is that body doing? Mm-hmm. Maybe well, you had then, more than one heart. This is probably oh, that's mine. Don't <laughs> more um. <laughs> well, it did have the four chambered heart, so maybe it grew in size and kind of just like yeah. yeah. Actually, Imagine how big its heart was. Oh, yeah. Okay, bigger cool. than your head. Bigger About than like hundred percent bigger than bad. my head. <laughs> Pretty big. I'm glad to have moved away from. The size of um, the dinosaurs because it's freaking me out. But Sorry, I don't mean to freak you out. <laughs> this is the second episode where we're all being freaked out. I mean, I'm just being a bit fragile right now. <laughs> but this is probably quite naive of me to ask about how I thought, honestly, that you just got a view of what the bone structure of a dinosaur looked like from fossils. But what? how do you know that it's a herbivore or a carnivore? What information do you get from fossils? Loads. more than you would yeah more than you would think because it was the same as me when I first started reading up I was like it's just a bone how do you know what bone that is Uh, lame but then I feel like it's one of those things you need to have a trained eye for and I don't have that I'm not a a trained paleontologist I've not gone out and Mm -hmm. dug up bones you know I just have read papers and whatnot but basically god there's so much there's I've got a huge list here (laughs) let's hear him yeah, so like, in yeah. terms of knowing whether it's a car- carnivore or herbivore, you can basically, that's actually quite an easy one because you can compare them to things of today. And then, okay. so if it's got flat, grindy teeth, it's not going to be, you know, killing and ripping yeah. flesh off because imagine you'd be like, it, would just be, it wouldn't do anything, would it? So, you know, they can tell quite easily from teeth what niche it was. So if they've got sort of grooves, they might be venomous. If the same as cobras today, 
or if they've got big grinding plates like sheep, you know, is going to be eating plant matter. A lot of dinosaurs also have um, gastroliths, which are uh, stones in their stomach, which is what birds have to sort of huh? um, break down food matter in their stomach. Wow. Okay. So you like can tell actual stones. Yeah, <laughs> they eat stones along with their food to help them break up oh, the yeah. plant matter. Because a lot of people don't realize that this is something people don't know about humans that we can't get energy from plant matter. That's why vegetables are so low in calorie to us. Yes, and like to a cow, they eat nothing but grass, but their fat is, you know, they're just because <laughs> they can they're break just... it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cellulose. So... We are incapable of doing anything with it. Right. <laughs> It's a bit daft, really. There's loads of plants. Anyway. But if you listen to this, eat your dry food and fridge. <laughs> you still got to get your vitamins. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was just going to say, like, is it also like their body? They're, yeah. They'll finish the teeth. Well, teeth is just one tiny little part, which tells you quite mm-hmm. a lot. But obviously the rest of it, fairly important. Because, um, <laughs> you know, you can you can piece things together fairly easily. If you look at in like elbow joints, you can sort of put yeah. hinges together. You can see how it all works. You can see the biophysics of things and you can see how things stood because of the angle of the weight. So if you think of a bulldog, they've got their legs sprawled. But mm-hmm. if you put a skeleton together and the hin- the joint doesn't move that way, they physically can't stand that way. They have to stand okay. upright. So you yep. know if there, it was an upright animal or a, it was on all fours, okay? Yeah, it's fairly, because it does fit together. Um, mm-hmm. And you can see where muscle attachment was. And so you can sort of infer. That's the thing with things today as well. There's so much technology to re-simulate all of this. Uh-huh. Yeah, you just work your way backwards, don't you? I feel like back in the day, it must have been so much harder. But now they've just got computer programs for everything. It must, like, you can just fit things together. The computer can do the hard work for you. because. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a concept of parsimony, which is like, if it fits and it's simple, it's probably the way it was. Like, it's yeah. the most plausible, the most likely way that it evolved mm-hmm. is the easiest way. Because evolution is... probably chose the simplest way to get there in a way. Yeah, because it would have mm-hmm. been the easiest. It's not going to jump three steps because it can't, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what else? What else? Um, the Oh, yeah, you can get fossilized poop. Uh, oh, Ooh. you can get that dinosaur goes. poop. Oh yeah, interesting. Wow. So again, I don't know if it would last this long, but you could maybe measure like bacterial DNA for the their microbiome, or is that too? I don't think too advanced. The problem with DNA—that's a whole other bit that I want to talk about later. Yes, <laughs> it, they don't think it would last that long. You can get yeah. biosignatures, you know, sort of like out, or trace fossils. You know, when you get like outcasts of whatnot, but I think bacteria would be. I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, what do they use the poop for then again the poop can just like tell them about their diets or or and like you can find it in their stomachs as well their last meal or Mm -hmm. eggs fossilized eggs as well and nests you can tell if they were family you know if they were in herds how their nesting was a lot of them nested in circles and then sort of put their well the raptors anyway the ones with wings like put them out and shelter them like you can just and if they die like that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so people sort of oh carry on no no, you, you continue. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. I just talked. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, like, one of the questions we got, and this relates to it, can you tell what they actually looked like? And yeah. by that, I mean, did they have feathers? <laughs> <laughs> e- theropods did, yes. Theropods. Well, 
for the people who don't know like dinosaurs that well, what's the Jurassic <laughs> Park equivalent of a theropod? <laughs> yeah, theropods are the bitey carnivore ones. So like your classic T-Rex. Wow. That's a theropod. Okay. And this ties so a into... a T-Rex was fluffy. They think, yes. Not, <gasps> again, it, it depends on each fossil you find because it depends on how old the lineages were. And there's so many different types of carnivores which looked like t-rexes i won't go through, i'll just say t-rex look like mm-hmm. so they think uh that a lot of these theropods had feathers because you can see the indentations in bones and things and you can oh. literally there's a really good book called how to build a dinosaur by jack horner the guy who was the consultant for the jurassic park movies he's like this famous I was say, I recognize that name. yeah and so he talks about evolution of feathers and i remember being like how does the feather evolve but they literally have stages of where it evolved it's crazy it's honestly crazy so you can tell that from fossils as well and like indentations in the bones and all these tiny little things which you know once you've got the expertise you can figure all these things out yeah as well as in these feathers they have melanosomes or melanin yeah Yeah. and they can like look at them under the microscope and see and compare it to modern birds because it has like color like um signatures of colors yeah. fossilized yeah and they can it to what birds have today and then they can tell what colors it was like wow what? so i guess like the way we see dinosaurs are all like scaly and that's because maybe that was the original thought because we didn't have the technology to see feathers and the colors of feathers and things like that yeah. so we just assumed they were scaly well a lot of them will have been uh sort of scaly mm-hmm. or leathery or whatever um but because they think at first you know the fossil uh, the feathers on the dinosaurs the theropods not so much the sort of long necky ones more that it's definitely the because birds came from the theropod line uh, lineage so, but um, they think that the feathers were mostly for you know either mating displays or insulation to keep warm and then it evolved into flight when the things got smaller blah, blah, blah. that's a whole other mm-hmm. story um so yeah you can tell what things look like in colors and again we've probably got a lot of it wrong like yeah <laughs> Considering all of them just look like, are you are scaly and green or red, is yeah. the general thing. A lot. There must be so many things like extra appendages that aren't that are soft tissue that weren't fossilized that we. Yep. Because you can imagine and if like, on the, yeah. Yeah. Imagine if a chicken was fossil and like those cockerels with their big wattles and all that stuff. There must be so many weird bits that we just don't know what they have because oh. it's just so cool. not fossilized. I don't know. Mm-hmm. so have they tried to um technologically model a feathered dinosaur because i haven't seen a picture of it have they tried to what sorry i didn't hear so you that. know how so you know how they model dinosaurs and they're like this is what they probably look like oh yeah they've done that there's loads of artist impressions if dinosaurs are feathers oh really i, oh, I think something came mm-hmm. up on my sort of like social media feeds the other day you know these things where it's like i love science <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I've just googled it um, and there's one from Pinterest called Badass Feathered T-Rex and it just looks like a big chicken yeah it's quite funny because it doesn't make them look as scary <laughs> no yeah they yeah. kind of look cuddly <laughs> when I first heard it all I could imagine was a dinosaur wearing a chicken costume like that's where my brain went yeah. and I was like I would love to see a picture and be like oh that's what it's supposed to look like I don't think it was like there's so many chicken, different yeah there's so many different versions and artists impressions mm-hmm. and things it's crazy so you can have a good google wow. and scroll it's really funny 
And it's one of those things that, like, we'll never really know what they look like. Yeah, it's crazy. And of course, like, for the films and stuff, they're not going to make them look like a big chicken because that's not very scary. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't sell the tickets. Exactly. The T-Rex won't look as terrifying as it does right now. I've got a fun fact about T-Rex. Ooh, what's that? (laughs) Um, Did you know they had the strongest bite force of any creature that's ever lived, ever? Wow. How do you know that? Is it the way the bones... They can literally tell from the muscle sizes of their necks and jaws, Mm -hmm. and it's bigger than any other animal and creature, and they can simulate the force of its bites, and it just it's a higher value than, yeah, any other creature. That's pretty cool. Which um, is important in Jurassic Park because they use that bite to like break the neck of the big bad. Yeah, it's a special term called right? urophagy. So the T Rexes were one of the few animals that actually crush bones. <laughs> Most animals or carnivores don't do that, but T Rex literally crush your bones. So wow, that's thank you for that fun fact. <laughs> pretty gross, but. <laughs> Yeah, still so we're going to go on to the movie like at the end we've also got like a general idea of things but something that I think um, is like a common perception of dinosaurs is the, the fact that they roar or they, they roar <laughs> <laughs> uh, when roar. you sent me this question I, I laughed so much Amy because you typed roar <laughs> like <laughs> did you I write you. it <laughs> I love you, dinosaur. She did. She really did. I used to be emo. But so yeah, everyone assumes that they roared then. And in one of the movies, they've got like they they get some sort of fossil, which was like a voice box, and they think they can interpret how the yeah (laughs) they interpret how the raptor sounded. Is that based on any facts? Like, do we know if they even made a noise? Yeah. well, I think, again, if you look at the sort of fossils of the voicey bits, I don't know, like the... <laughs> the voicey the, 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 the voice name. box, isn't it? Voice box. The, mm-hmm. yeah, the larynx. Yeah. The, la- yeah, it's the larynx. Yeah, so I again, like, you could get that... Fo- and in the film, they make a 3D printout of it and they blow through yeah. it, which isn't how it would work, but I guess that's, like, the closest thing we would have to knowing how it works without recreating the actual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right, we don't really know what noises they made or roared or purred and so for the films and stuff it's really quite funny because you you can google like how they made the noises and some of the noises include sort of like an elephant's trump slowed down and then one of them's like a tiger purring or something and then one of them is like turtles having sex that's one of them Yeah. So yeah, they're just they're not factual. They're they're made up. I guess yeah, if so we look are... at like chickens and birds today, we could probably guess that they made something. Something. Yeah, and we definitely know they made noises and communicated, but it's just I've I don't I like again the technology might be higher than it is now. I've not read papers on dinosaur mm-hmm. noises recently, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just like for the movies they just made it up. Yeah. <sighs> some of them might have roared yeah we just never know that's so it's so weird how we'll just never know right i think that's why there's some parts which are so unsatisfying because you're just like but i want to (laughs) know i know you can dedicate your whole life to one thing and you just could be there's a limit to how much you're gonna find out but also there's so much that they're still finding out which amazes me Mm -hmm. 
that you, they can, you can go back to previous data and just be like, now we can learn a bit more about it. And I'm like, oh. I was thinking that, like, is there a job market for paleontologists? But there obviously is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think within universities, maybe not a job market, like industry, but mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of research. Probably not the most well-funded. Not as well-funded as you guys curing cancer, but, you know. And we're not even that well-funded. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy, isn't it? So dinosaurs aren't on top priorities for most people. <laughs> but, um, how many, do you know how many dinosaurs we know about? Like how many? Yeah. This is a really tricky question. Cause again, like every single thing that you read says a different number. Because mm-hmm. like, if you read papers, they're like, oh, we estimate this amount. And the other ones are like, oh, but we've only found this. And they also use amount of species versus amount of families versus amount of genera. And it's just like, oh, oh mate. Yeah. And cause there's so much uncertainty as if to, whether it's a, it's a new species, a subspecies, yeah. a, juvenile, a male, a female, like it's it's a really difficult number but they think oh okay no oh, sorry continue continue and then remind me that i had a question did i even have anything more to say i don't know so yeah they think maybe about like this is a very big range but anything from about 700 to 1000 gen- like genera but then that doesn't include uh, species yeah so i'm guessing species would be even more yeah, it's a lot. <gasps> like we're still it's... too new into the game to have a like a number, and we're too uncertain about too many of them to mm-hmm. put yeah. like, a number on it. But there's still there must be like so many more. Yeah, there just, just has to be, especially mm-hmm. like like you said. Like I didn't realize there's dinosaurs in the forest. I just thought in the desert because that's what you're shown all the time. But there's fossils there that just people haven't even accessed yet. And there'll also be so many that will just be never discovered because they never fossilized. Yep. Yeah. So it's one of those things like we could make an estimate now and then maybe in a couple hundreds of years, scientists will laugh at us like, ha ha, fools. (laughs) You know, what an underestimation. Yeah. You just don't know what you don't know. So that's a really difficult question. (laughs) It's nice though because it's like you've got a little snippet of the past and then you start thinking what even was before this that we haven't got a clue about, you know? Yeah, this is only dinosaurs. There's still millions of other, like, animals that existed. It it just blows your head. Like I can't. That's the other thing that, like, you forget about when people talk about dinosaurs is that other things existed at the same time. Yeah, in my head it's just different dinosaurs just eating each other and like it's a food chain of dinosaurs to me but But that's not the case (laughs) mammals and birds were around when the dinosaurs were around like Mm -hmm. birds came from dinosaurs uh in the jurassic but mammals came before that they were just tiny they were just tiny little things scutting around in the background and then Mm -hmm. it was only when the dinosaurs kicked the bucket that they got their chance to turn into us essentially <laughs> but if wow. if that meteor never hit then maybe there'd be like raptors talking on zoom right now yeah there could be like velociraptors <laughs> on the laptop they and i guess they that's a good segue yeah. into is the meteor theory very probable then okay so it's, like what killed them yeah what got rid definitely of them the strongest thing that well we have the most evidence for that um okay Again, another really good book. I'm just going to plug this in here. <laughs> it's called The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs or something generic. And it's by some uh, guy called Steve Brissetti, I think. He's from the University okay. of Edinburgh. 
and he talks about this in great length it's a great book great for people who not necessarily done science but that gives like a great overview of this and that's when I learned quite a lot about because uh-huh. I was like yeah there's a meteor blah blah whatever but then I was like oh actually there's a lot more to it like all the evidence for it so I think someone theorized that something had wiped them out I can't remember yeah. which some old scientist dude but then they started to sort of theorize that something like a natural disaster had happened and then I think there was a theory that a meteor came wiped them all out but then people started thinking well if there was a meteor where's the crater yep that was my question like surely there must be you know something left behind from this and then I think only like fairly recently when people started doing mapping and stuff I think they found something that fit the size of the description of this meteor and so basically it's in they think that the crater where the meteor hit is in Mexico in a place called mm-hmm. uh, Chicxulub. I have no idea how to pronounce <laughs> it. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be like Chicxulub. I don't know. Anyway, so the Yucatan, I think it's the Yucatan Peninsula. And so basically, I think it was Alvarez. I think he was a geologist who found a layer of iridium in the crust and was like, oh, that's weird. Why is there this? It's a really rare element on Earth, but it's really, really common on like meteors. And so I think okay. this dude was like, huh, okay, strange. And then they started to find it all over the world at a certain point in the geological layers. And they realized that underneath this layer, there were lots of fossils. And above this layer, there was literally nothing. And they were just like, oh, that's kind of kind of wow. funny. Like, okay. where, where, where did all this iridium come from? And then I think they found the crater. And then I think they started to realize I, there was this thing. Um, I think called shocked quartz it's like a type of rock that you can only get from like extreme pressure and it's very rare on earth again and I think there was evidence of this and so I think they started to piece together the clues and think hey hold on something hit this earth and wiped out all the animals and that's why the fossil record is pretty bare like as you go literally above in the geological layers and but it's not even so much the meteor that wiped things out I think it was more well obviously that would have hurt but uh (laughs) sort of like the aftermath you know, it would have been, it would have completely changed Earth's climate, it would have completely, like, mm-hmm. everything would have been changed, everything would have been ruined, like, plants died, there was no sunlight, there was ash, like, everything just started to die from the bottom up, and, uh, it, yeah, and there were probably tsunamis, natural disasters, and nuclear winter for, like, years, so. Okay, because yeah. that was my question, in the sense that Earth is quite big, <laughs> and one meteor just coming down and wiping off continents that are now separated at this point didn't make sense to me but that makes sense that all the aftermath afterwards affected the whole world mm-hmm. and just killed you think, them all. like now we have a tiny bit of climate change and all our ocean currents are changing and all our weather is mm-hmm. changing but i think imagine this, a fucking meteorite i think it was quite yeah. big as well i think it was like yeah. pretty big. And well i'll accept that right there was a fact that i read that was like the same you know the bomb they dropped on japan in hiroshima Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that nucle- they said it was six billion. It had the same force as six billion of those. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Decent amount. Yeah. Okay. That's horrible. I'm not Earth sure. Thought, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it had a lot of power. <laughs> I, I I accept that, and I'm like, fair play. That would kill everything. <laughs> but if that's the case, why why have we still got mammals and birds and lizards? Yeah. Crocodiles, snakes. That's another Why have you still got them? A lot Why of people are like, well, a- hold on. How come things survived? And you're like... <laughs> was that Amy right making an impression of me? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is what a scrupulous scientist should do. You should question things. Thank in the you. New science. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously people are like, that's a good point. 
let me think about this. Uh, so basically, people again theorized that very like base dinosaurs were big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would have, you know, this would have hurt them really badly. But they think that sort of smaller, like all the mammals and tiny little birds and things, they think that if you could go underground or if you could shelter in water or even things just on the other side of the earth might have survived because you think all the things right. in the soil like all the bacteria like all these things if you're far enough away and they just think they found mechanisms to survive and maybe scavenge because plants would have died so then herbivores would have died so then carnivores would have died but if little things can scurry out the ground and sort of eat other small little things they think mm-hmm. that's how life just sort of restarted again it was kind mm-hmm. of like making a slate clean to a very low level and then these all these tiny little things started to come out and then they started evolving. So they were kind of like the new dinosaurs. They got mm-hmm. their chance. And so that's where we are today. So they think that's how crocodiles and things still existed because they were in oceans. So I don't know if the oceans were deep enough yeah. that they could hide. Or, well, what about the... Migrate is a big one. If you can't fly or run away fast. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> but what about the dinosaurs that lived in water or who could... Like to me, I get, I get that theory, but... It does like why is it just the dinosaurs that could not adapt and everyone else found uh, a way? So this is a common sort of like misconception with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs as a technicality in their sort of class, in their sort of um, you know, in the taxonomy, how you class a dinosaur mm-hmm. in their mm. the tree of life, dinosaurs weren't uh aquatic. Like you there's no such thing as a dinosaur that lived in water or could fly. Okay. That's fine. So pterodactyls, not technically dinosaurs. Uh, Plesios, the mosasaur in Jurassic Park, not technically a dinosaur. Oh. Just okay. around at the same time, potentially. Just, they're ancient yeah. lizards and things, mm-hmm. but they're not technically dinosaurs. That makes sense to me. So the dinosaurs, that the generic term that people know, some of them survived in apostrophes, but they're not dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. So that's like birds. People are like, oh, but all the dinosaurs died out. And it's like, well, no, because some of the birds are like the they call them the avian dinosaurs which are like the weird little chickeny ones Mm -hmm. which would have been small and then later developed they survived so dinosaurs did survive (laughs) it is a shame that like they went from being like a titanosaurus to a pigeon (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a bit of a kick in the teeth Amy, you know yeah. what's ironic is that the Titanosaurus scares you, but so does a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's not just size, it's dinosaurs. But have you seen those pigeons in Glasgow city centre? Oh my God, they've still got the aggressiveness that a, t- right? a T-Rex would have, yeah. Terrifying, absolutely mm. terrifying. It's, so, they're <laughs> tapping into their ancestors, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's Ooh. really cool. That makes sense because I was just like, that can't be right. I thought it was maybe like, there was something else like maybe the food source or something but well it would have been a lot sense. of things but yeah, yeah. it's just so it wasn't just a quick event it was like over years because of this one event yeah like there would have been the yeah. initial shock of you know a mm-hmm. meteor hitting your house but mm-hmm. like everything Acting. after it like i'm pretty sure earth was very barren for millions and millions of years yeah insane oh yeah but you know you said there were five extinctions joint oh so the five mass extinctions or technically the six mass extinctions because we're kind of in one now but people haven't mm-hmm. sort of classified it quite yet but we are we are so i'm just going to put it out there yay us <laughs> um, so yeah there's been six well okay five mass extinctions in the history of earth because people always think of earth as full of life but quite a lot of the time it wasn't <laughs> it's definitely had its ups and downs like mm-hmm. um so i think like the first couple Wait, let me find. 
so yeah, I think the first couple, if, if you guys, this is quite hard to explain over a podcast, but you know, there's sort of geological time, you know, there's big eras and epochs and periods, and it's all broken down into lots of different yep. things. And each one is like, oh, the rise of a bacteria, and then it evolved into this, and then it evolved into little things. And then there's the Cambrian explosion, there's lots of little critters running around, and this is long before the dinosaurs. Um, so yeah, there was a mass extinction, I think, at the end of a couple of those it's like or division yeah so yeah. uh they think that the first mass extinction was the or division <laughs> uh and then there was another one at the end of the devonian which i think you know this is when things are starting to evolve and i think you get like early plants and weird little critters and things and then there was another one oh yeah so the biggest one ever was in the permian now that was before the dinosaurs as well and i think that wiped okay. out like loads of shit loads of stuff <laughs> like 95% of everything on earth uh, I can't remember why you'll have to google it <laughs> so yeah then we get into the bit that's relevant to dinosaurs so <laughs> the Permian was the one that uh, right before the Triassic and that's when dinosaurs were still tiny little critters and things and this is why they got their chance loads of things got wiped out again no one knows like why dinosaurs survived or what se selected them to be able to mm -hmm. deal but they began in the Triassic and then that's when they started to have their before the Jurassic Cretaceous. So they got their chance. But then there was another mass extinction at the end of the Triassic and loads of dinosaurs and other things got wiped out as well. And that's another reason why they think they might have got so big um, in the Jurassic because loads of stuff just died. But people don't know why mm -hmm. dinosaurs, what they had that made them survive this. So that was the fifth mass extinction. No, the fourth mass extinction. And then the fifth one was the meteor that we just talked yep. about. Mm -hmm. And now and we're going through the sixth. Is now. What's a shame is like now that we're going through this one, like all the other ones were just accidents, but now we're just causing it. <laughs> yeah. You know? No. And What's promising is that Earth recovered from all of those. So whether we're here or not, Earth's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are like, oh, humans will survive. And it's like, no, no, the Earth will survive. Yeah, we're exactly. You're going to be gone. <laughs> life will find a way. But uh, <laughs> that was if a that life from is Jurassic just... Park. <laughs> I had to put it in at some point, you know. I knew you were going <laughs> to Clever girl. There you go. Oh, I... <laughs> also, I, I winked but realised that no one could see my wink. <laughs> They could feel it. Don't worry. We could feel it. Yeah, we felt <laughs> it. So yeah, there we go. Those are the mass cool. extinctions. That's um, like I had another, a question. I guess. Again, you go. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just gonna ask. So, were they all male and female? Like, did they have? Were they binary sexes in terms of dinosaurs? Is what we know. Like, you know how amoeba like divide just like asexual reproduction, where dinosaurs like sexual reproduction is my question. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they were like most tetrapods, which are sort of four-legged things that we know today. They have males and females. Uh, they have fertilization, lay little eggs, have little babies. They kind nice. of small egg babies, or there's, a, I guess you wouldn't be a reptile if you couldn't lay eggs. Yeah, right? they think, yeah, they were all laid eggs, but there's quite a lot of similarities with birds rather than reptiles, because um, they have cloacas, which are what birds use to shag <laughs> <laughs> i 
like the pause where you were looking for a word and you just came up with shag. Yeah, I might have to repeat that. Uh, where birds have sex. Uh, <laughs> no, we're keeping the shag, don't worry. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Clo- uh, cloaca. Cloaca. And apparently dinosaurs had really colourful ones and would like show them off to each other. Really? Yeah. And what they- part of sex is that involved for? Is that like the sex organ or... Uh, sort of for yeah I think external yeah. fertilization or internal nice. oh mate I don't even remember um however birds well, do it however birds do it but they think they also there's another thing in common they have with birds they have this special calcium bone I think it's called the medullary bone which only mm-hmm. birds have and they grow it to create extra calcium for their shells and so that's another link oh. to the birds and no other sort of things that lay eggs do that mm-hmm. um there's something else interesting I was going to say and I completely forgot oh yeah they think, as you were saying, like males and females, they are pretty sure, you know how like triceratops and things had like the massive colourful frills and whatnot. And a lot of people depict that as for like fighting. And people think like, yeah, it might have been for infighting or defending predators, but they think it might have been sexually selected as well, which is why they got yeah. so outlandish in the same way that peacocks are very... Yeah, I was going to say peacocks. Yeah. So, they so it was definitely maybe... the males who were like very well not defo but like probably the males who are very colorful and the females are like chill yeah (laughs) yeah they don't have to try no they just got and laid some eggs just chill easy work easy work easy to to lay eggs right be so much better than a baby (laughs) (laughs) it still has to like come out and it's quite big isn't it depends how big it's not as big as a baby yeah no babies oh unless you're a titanosaurus (laughs) <laughs> you're prob- the eggs are probably the size of humans yeah but think how big their vages <laughs> yeah okay fair that makes room and do you know like how many eggs a dinosaur would lay at a time like to put their energy into one baby dinosaur or was it like let's like, just make loads there's loads of different theories that's a good question good question Amy. loads of yeah. um, again loads of different theories because you know uh, in the animal world there's sort of two main strategies and everything's on a continuum there's like laying loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of eggs having loads of babies and then just hoping that some will survive you know Mm -hmm. you just sort of do your own thing swim away whatever and then there's the ones like humans where you have one at a time you put loads of care into it and you know it's more likely to survive so they think dinosaurs were along that continuum so they think maybe t-rexes were really good mothers they had a few like small clutches but they had a lot of maternal and paternal care but then they think other ones like you say i don't know these big sauropods that might lay loads and loads of nests and then just sort of Aban- not abandon them but like if they can't keep up then mm-hmm. see you so again but it's yeah. really difficult because there's not very many fossilized eggs or nests so it's really really difficult to sort of like i don't know to work it out mm-hmm. yeah i guess you just have to yeah i don't know what i was going to say i just guess what it was like at the time what you would do <laughs> but that doesn't help <laughs> and with more um, and more fossils people just change their mind and they're like oh maybe it was like this oh maybe it yeah. was oh maybe it was because it could have been either way yeah. Mm. And it, what I'm thinking of, like when I think of Jurassic Park movie or anything I've seen from dinosaur movies, it's kind of like they've taken lots of different things we do know and just like popped them on other dinosaurs. Like in Jurassic Park, you see the reptiles getting really protective over their eggs. Maybe maybe that was the T-Rex because they're, they've got more mother eggs. You don't know, right? Yeah. And also it's for theatrics. Like, do you remember when you said you saw the last movie and you were like, oh, it's so weird when the velociraptors were like having empathy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you said that and I was like yeah fair enough like how, how would like what how did we know that yeah I was yeah. just gonna be like they 
they're not like dogs. Yeah, well, you I don't know. Like maybe they, they are. <laughs> maybe they were. But yeah, they made them dog-like and brought friendship and empathy. But like, obviously, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, just just hug Chris Pratt already. Like your best pals. Like why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like maybe a T Rex wouldn't have cared for us. Like we're not delicious enough or whatever. Depends. But I guess. I'm looking at our questions and I think it's a nice segue into Jurassic Park because we've answered all of them. (laughs) So in the movie, the scientists harvested dinosaur DNA from the blood the mosquitoes drank and that was preserved in amber, which is a tree resin. And they kind of just try to make up dinosaurs from that. I like the way Amy... I just like the way you've made the notes, Amy. (laughs) wait then put the dna question mark somewhere question mark yeah i don't know what they're going to the dna into but they they somehow got that dna filled it up with frog dna even though frog is not related to a dinosaur and then they make the baby dinosaurs so oh it's very wrong (laughs) i should look through it step by step step by step yes so they found dna inside a mosquito that drank the blood of a dinosaur can we get blood from i mean mosquitoes not felt like i know that. <laughs> uh, nicole i've spelt mosquito like the pub in bath street yeah i know i noticed that as well i but i just didn't say anything <laughs> i just realized it made me laugh Wait. quite a lot <laughs> that's it yeah there's a pub called mosquito you can tell yeah. my priorities because <laughs> i was sorry as i was reading it i was like is it not with a q and then i was like I read it first and I was like it's probably like she was typing it really fast and then she wrote it again and I was like Amy meant to write this I've been missing my friends and cocktails recently okay so it just came into my mind mosquito the pub oh god (laughs) oh yeah it's a nice place but yeah the course question Um, (laughs) can you get so if is can you get blood from mosquito like fossilized in amber from that time like is just the blood itself for now right <laughs> again okay so recent i think i already talked about this book but jack horner the mm-hmm. paleontologist who did the stuff for the movies like with con- consultant he has a really good book how to build a dinosaur and it kind of goes through all this and it's really like easy to read so if you want more info head there nice. anyway <laughs> so basically there's you could find blood and yep but that does not mean that there will be d- dna in that yes it's um, very unlikely to find blood because it's a soft tissue essentially and it wouldn't sort of pre- uh, preserve but it is possible and i think people have found nucleated blood uh, red blood cells but that does not mean that they found dna because that yes. breaks down very quickly and it's very unstable and so I just don't think like no one's found a viable DNA strand yet as of well yeah (laughs) so and also like the blood that they find can you tell what it came from in the first place let alone worry about its DNA like can I find that nucleated blood cell and be like that's from the dinosaur not from that tiny mammal or that bird or 
well i think that's a whole other issue i think people find things get excited and then realize it's from something else Mm -hmm. Uh there you go okay so yeah and the dna (laughs) wouldn't even last that long is what you're saying even if you were lucky enough to find a mosquito in some amber and find some blood in that mosquito and then find some dna that dna would be completely broken down or have huge massive gaps like they say in the film but like it, it, it wouldn't it's not stable so you might find amino acids and sort of like proteins and things but that's not enough to recreate you can't clone yes like you, you can't make it we can barely clone now <laughs> let alone yeah. with like broken up dna so let's say you did find an intact piece of dna in the mos- mosquito and the amber and the blood um could i make a dinosaur uh, probably not yeah <laughs> sorry to break it to you folks but um again a whole other issue is you've got a strand of dna but how do you know it's the whole thing they're like oh we filled in yeah we filled in the gaps but what gaps how many gaps are there gaps where the gaps are are there bits on the gonna be like oh they found all 46 chromosomes and i was like wait no that's human how many chromosomes does a dinosaur have does it have chromosomes Does it have (laughs) single-stranded DNA? That's something we'll never know. (laughs) I mean, I'm not like a, what do you call it? Like a molecular scientist, but uh, yeah. Okay, so like if you did have it, you you wouldn't just have that strand of DNA and then boom, you've got a dinosaur. You'd have to put it into some egg cells. Well, your question actually made me think about that. mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to be like, even if you put it into egg cells, you need the whole nucleus or whatever the equivalent in a dinosaur was at that time. You can't take, again, that's the thing. What are the gaps? Is that the whole DNA nuclear genome? Can I yeah. bring in mitochondria? Probably. So like, <laughs> yeah, you don't know. <laughs> that was something, yeah, when Amy, you asked that question, I actually hadn't thought about that because I was like, oh yeah, you need to like put it in an egg. It when I was, yeah. yeah. And then when I was reading up about the ma- woolly mammoth thing, they put that DNA or whatever they found into an African elephant. Like they had something mm. close enough. But okay. for dinosaurs, there's nothing viable. Like, do you put a it chicken? in like a... a <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about to get onto the chickenosaurus theory. This is the interesting okay. part. What is chickenosaurus? So although we won't... Well... I mean, never say never, but for the time being, we cannot clone dinosaurs as such, per se, blah, blah, blah. But people have theories about using chicken DNA to... So you know how um, gene... You know, so in evolution, sort of body plans and genes are highly conserved. And so they think that within birds, the old dinosaur genes have just been turned off. So they're trying to look for Mm. things within the bird lineages and then try and turn them back on to then try and make something a bit like a dinosaur. I mean, it wouldn't be a dinosaur, but it would be the closest thing to mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What's that called? It's when you like back, back clone or something? It's like when you... Reverse engineering. Yeah, I go for it. Okay. My issue with that is the whole... So evolution's really good at getting rid of stuff it doesn't need anymore. Obviously, we do have junk DNA. Humans have a bunch of junk DNA, so it is possible, but also... We don't know what junk DNA does. It mostly is junk. <laughs> and evolution probably kicked out, you know, when... Did we have a tail? Yeah, when we had the genes for a tail or whatever. So I don't know how it's good It's a dangerous that... game to play. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's. 
there's no basis I, it just doesn't make sense to me that game <laughs> that they're playing it's like how what do you, what are you doing <laughs> well they're but, playing god <laughs> yeah they are but also with like zero tools or understanding or reference exactly that's why i think it's yeah so that's the word i'm looking for no reference to There's how no to do this yeah the only thing we can do the same for is we take these days we can take normal cells and try to reverse engineer them into stem cells which is what they came from mm-hmm. but doing it in the context but that's one species that has the same <laughs> genome <laughs> that's easy enough in quotation marks to do let alone a different species like that no <laughs> yeah i think that's the problem that whatever technology or knowledge or understanding we have is just not there it's not no. there yet it might never get there but it might but it's not there presently <laughs> like no we just don't not at all and um, if it does did mm-hmm. get there you, we don't even know if a dinosaur could survive in our climate because we don't know what it was yep. like back then like we, I don't, maybe maybe they don't like to be running around scotland it couldn't yeah. adapt, right? <laughs> it would be very poorly adapted because you would think, like back then, they must there was higher CO two levels, so they would have had different ways of breathing and different like needs and like it, there's just so it's just so complex. I don't think they'd be able to make anything viable. They might be able to grow a dinosaur tail on a chicken, but it's yeah. not a dinosaur. It couldn't live and be released. You know, it's not <laughs> exactly. And it's, I guess um, is it ethical in the first place? Uh, that depends <laughs> on who you talk to yeah like you just said playing god and like that's always a big ethical issue isn't it like how yeah. far do you go with genomic engineering or all the stuff where we make new things out of nothing in a way oh, it's such a dangerous Dr. thing and the Dr. political Malcolm. climate right now oh sorry amy go 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 <laughs> as we're saying from uh, from jurassic park dr malcolm says just because you can doesn't mean you should yes the and the and from what it sounds like they can't right <laughs> so, <laughs> well yeah. to be fair his argument is slightly flawed because he's like oh what's so great about discovery you can't stand on the shoulders of giants and use other people's work and it's like but that's what science is yeah mm-hmm. no that's that part makes sense yeah but then like he says people just do things for money for there's no there's no watchdog on science like the political climate is so unstable people like people are dangerous you know as long as someone has enough money to fund their stupid ideas like they're gonna do it whether it's ethical or not if you read have have you guys actually read the jurassic park books they're really good i highly recommend very entertaining Lots of people I get eaten. actually had no idea there were books, if I'm honest. I just thought there were movies. Very famous sort of sci-fi, Michael Crichton. Yeah, have a read. Oh, they're great. Wow. They're okay. not particularly highbrow. Like, they've got a bit of biological jargon, but they're easy reading, you know. Mm-hmm. Very entertaining. Okay. But in the book, yeah. Um, so the guy, John Hammond, who has all the money to try and make these things, he is part of a private company, a private genetics lab. And that's the whole point. It's not university research for the benefit of people it's just a private venture so that's where mm-hmm. the danger is that's not science fiction like that's yeah no. america mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i've yeah. seen a good argument um not for making dinosaurs but and if you ever want to bring something back that's dead then the only like ethical way you could get about it would be by saying humans cause the death of this species then we'll bring it back we yeah. use our power to bring it back but dinosaurs we had nothing to do with that so really we should just leave them they're from the graves 
mm-hmm. they're from an earth that doesn't exist anymore like they exactly well that's not- a, a huge problem in in my degree that I'm studying now my master's one of the problems that we talk about is people are talking about rewilding and conservation and they think of it as a very static thing and it's like you can't just conserve things as they are you have to conserve the processes to help things evolve to how life will be Mm -hmm. but the problem is that humans are accelerating all the processes and we are causing unnatural things so then when do we step in to sort the things that we've done wrong but it's a very touchy issue and it's yeah not an easy one it's all gray there's it's not black and white it's all gray yeah all gray and the only time we've done it then is the woolly mammoth case right i think so i was reading up about this but i'm not really even sure if it was viable or if it worked and again i think that dna was only a few thousand years old i I had a question as well um so you know how you said that like private companies would have done it in Jurassic Park right because no university would have done this because it has no use so a lot of people like to think about a lot of sciences that what is the point of you studying this so for paleontology how I think like if it's interesting it's worth studying right it's the history but that's is there my anything reasoning. else? Yeah, exactly, right? Like it's something that's happened on Earth. It will it's useful to know about. And it's just interesting. Like dinosaurs are cool as shit. But is it something that we can learn from them that we can apply to what we know now as well? Or this is kind of what I want to do for my dissertation this summer. Uh but it's sort of like paleo paleoecology essentially. If we can look at what happened before and see how earth has changed with it you know climate wise land wise weather wise where they were what they look like and then we apply it to things today you can predict to a certain extent how nature and evolution works you know we can learn from past mistakes or not even mistakes because we didn't make them but from mistakes mm-hmm. we're making now we can predict what's going to happen and that's what's happening with climate change so people might say oh dinosaurs are dead but that doesn't mean you can't learn from them you can't learn yeah. from you can learn from everything you know you yes Every organism's got something unique that could be used for today or evolve. Like it's, yeah. Exactly. Like it's cool. Until you start learning about them, you don't realize what it what they have to offer that will be useful to you. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. You know, I'm like exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it, and it's just interesting to learn about. It's cool to know that like we live on the same planet that two sixty million years ago was a completely different place like that. Blows I think my mind. it's yeah, important for humans to realize how temporary and young yes. we are. People, mm. I think people think we're invincible. Like Earth doesn't give a shit about us. It's like oh God, I no. will get rid of you if you are toxic, <laughs> and that's what's happening. Yeah, but you're, you're right. Like I kind of like walk down the street, and this, but I find it even hard to comprehend that. Like even in the 1940s, there was someone walking on this street. This you is know, me like, when I look at big trees. Whenever I see like oh, a big old tree, uh, I was uh-huh. like, the things this tree has seen <laughs> that I haven't, you know? Uh-huh. Very wise, that tree. And that's not even that exactly. long ago. Like, if you think yes. about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, people don't have a comprehension of deep, like, deep geological time. Like, it's yeah. in the earth is like four billion years old. That's uh-huh. like, that number is hard to comprehend. Just. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we physically can comprehend no. it. <laughs> like, no, at all. But yeah, it's cool. And um, one last question that we've written here is like, if you could manage to make a dinosaur, would you? Uh, she I mean, wants to say seen... yes, but she doesn't want to sound like a bad person. <laughs> After talking about the ethics. <laughs> yeah, we've all seen how the films end. Like, yeah, 
but Ugh. we've talked about the realities of it but let's say you could create so the adaptation's an issue right but it would just be in the lab if you could recreate it would you i think for science's sake if we do it properly like mm-hmm. with you know make sure it's very stringent and you know there's a lot of critics and people looking over this then yeah sure it's science but i think we should probably spend more time on fixing what we have today yeah then worrying yeah, about making dinosaurs dinosaurs <laughs> it's like when you've got like an acd but you keep procrastinating by doing something else yeah. climate change is that essay and dinosaurs is for something else exactly. like you can always learn about things but there's uh-huh. more important pressing things amy would you um i i would just like a little pet one but i, I don't <laughs> think it, <laughs> i would just have a little one running about but i think ethically no but just for interest and see what they're like then yeah we'd do it yeah just to just to know right mm-hmm. because there's That's so much problem. unknown yeah. for us to recreate it we would have answered all the questions that we've been asking right now so i think we would have done the curiosity bit without having to make one that mm-hmm. makes sense probably also, easier like, just to I get a time trust... machine yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> also i don't trust people so i don't know what yeah, that's my that issue. science would fall <laughs> mm-hmm. into exactly like there's parts of science that are just dangerous for I think a lot of the public <laughs> it should never fall into their hands and I think the ability to just create animals out of nothing is one of them I think and it also like makes you quite if we could do this like whose decision is it because technically yes. it's going to impact everyone so do we just like ask one lab you decide or is there like a big referendum around the world about do you go to the United Nations and yeah. like we want to make a dinosaur um yeah like russia and america would probably be like racing to make the first dinosaur and yeah and like what if they take over the world well let's wait for the next movie to come out next (laughs) summer and they'll let us know how that ends so (laughs) jurassic park is a nice like but i feel like i don't know if our opinions would be different if jurassic park was never created you know yeah i don't even know like half of well a lot of people probably wouldn't care as much about dinosaurs because it wasn't no that is true that is very true. It's helped yeah. the funding p- for the paleontologists, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a whole generation of kids were like, wow, like me included, you know? Mm-hmm. Same with the mm-hmm. space race. And like so many kids became space engineers and like into science and yeah. stuff. It's just, that so is true. Yeah. The power Jurassic of Park has culture. helped. There's a silver lining there, isn't there? And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, our final question of the podcast to you, Nicole, is what is your favorite dinosaur and why? <laughs> right can i just say this i wouldn't say this is necessarily my favorite but it's hilarious it's such <laughs> a fun, right so Ready if you guys google gigantoraptor <laughs> it's literally a massive <laughs> bird and it is the freakiest weirdest thing you've ever seen <laughs> what was that? wow i don't think it you guys understand feathers. how big it is oh there's like, a human could that it's like at its legs it's so ugly it's a chicken that's a chicken yeah. that is a chicken i'm sorry but that is i like how its arms it they look like chicken wings like the yeah. ones that, like actual chicken wings so ugly oh, yeah. i wonder what it, what they would taste like but yeah that's <laughs> oh my god imagine what dinosaur would taste like though oh yeah. tastes like chicken chicken 
Oh, they're so ugly, bless them. They look like peacocks as well. Yeah, they're gangly, horrible, ugly, weird bird thing. They're I so love, funny. I love that. So this is your potential favorite. Yeah. <laughs> it's a much less scary movie if you had that as the cover. Yeah. It just makes you Not laugh so much. I'm That's saving your, that your to favorite one or just like your, your most funny one to laugh at. I don't know. I would say my favorite ones are probably just classic old raptors because they're so intelligent and scary. And like, yeah, but mine are I the think... ones that look like rhinos, but they're not. But less... Okay, here's, here's a question Why did they call them such difficult names? Well, I think yeah, they actually named them. Well, mate, I think if you discover one, you get to name it. So a lot of people just like, nope, to be fair, sometimes the names help because they have sort of prefixes that like the scientific name means bird or wing, or you know, it's like sometimes helps. But if you don't know what it means, then it's just a mouthful. Yeah. Then you just don't remember what's happening. Yeah, so if anything's called ornitho, like ornithomimus or something, or the ornitho part means bird. Ah, okay. Quite often you can be like, oh, that's a this type of dinosaur. Do it. But a lot of them have like all these different prefixes stuck together. Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, typical scientists. Yeah, sometimes they're helpful, sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, I found it. My favorite is a tri- triceratops. That took forever. A didn't triceratops. It? Are you being? That's what you were trying to. Remember? <laughs> it looks like a rhino. <laughs> oh, okay, right, okay. Oh, I, just, I think I just like a, a T Rex because I think they're just like classic. I do like classic dinosaur. Yeah. yeah, but like they're terrifying as shit. <laughs> At least the, the ones in Jurassic Park are. <laughs> oh my god, I've seen that movie. Like. I've seen that movie, what, a million times? And every time that T-Rex comes over the fence, I get the same chill. And I just think, that, <laughs> like, me, that is it's real. The, <laughs> it's it the real. scene where um, uh, the water is, like, shaking. Yeah. And the kids are hiding in the beds. The kids oh, are eating a jelly. Scene, that scene scares That's me. That's right before <laughs> the raptor bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, the raptor comes in that bit, yeah. And then all oh, the tears. <gasps> I think I'm going to watch it tonight. The first movie I've ever, not ever seen, the first cinema trip I ever went. When I was two, <laughs> my auntie and uncle took me to see Godzilla. That was the first cinema. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's quite sort of intense for a dinosaur Yeah. Yeah, maybe we could do a second a follow-up episode. Episode on Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a new Godzilla movie coming out, so it should be quite maybe appropriate. It. <laughs> it's Godzilla versus that... King Kong? Yeah, oh, that's God. the one. Can I get oh, any next? How, how realistic is King Kong? <laughs> not very. <laughs> no, no, not at we'll all. Out, yeah. Okay, so in terms of ones that are, how realistic is Jurassic Park? We missed out or I missed out, a fairly obvious, you know, the bit where in the T-Rex, he's like, don't move. Its vision is based on movement. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Uh, nah, they would have been eaten. Like, the, t- the T-Rex <laughs> can see you. Like, the T-Rex can see and smell you. <laughs> like, How do they know that? From oh. They can tell from their binocular vision, oh, their, their okay. acuity. Apparently, they had better acuity than, like, hawks. And hawks have pretty good eyesight. Uh like I, I'm not sure of the ins and outs in that, but they can uh-huh. tell from like the overlap and angles of their. There was a word for it, perimetry. Oh, okay, that's good to know because I probably would have just froze if I seen a dinosaur. Uh, yeah, because you're right. about to encounter one anytime soon. <laughs> just in case there just is a lab somewhere. Survival <laughs> skills. And also, the dinosaur or the T Rex had a really large olfactory like cavity in its brain, so it could have smelt you like miles off so you know the bit wow. when he's like sniffing alan grant in the face 
uh-huh. he would have been like, yo, I can smell you. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dude. I mean, he's like a shark then. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah, that's not realistic. So basically, T-Rexes are even more terrifying than we originally thought. Yeah, they're good predators. They don't just go, oh, I lost it. I can't see it. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, as a predator, yeah, if you can't see or smell your prey, it's kind of shitty. <laughs> You're not going to do well, are you? <laughs> no. Another thing, you know how it's called Jurassic Park? And the main guy is like, or the protagonist is the T-Rex, right? Well, yeah. technically, they weren't around in the Jurassic. They were Cretaceous. So it should be called Cretaceous Park. This is the kind oh. of stuff we're here for, yes. Yeah, I thought you would like that sort of really... Um, pedantic. pedantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the pedantic stuff. That's why we need mm. the pity. Oh, wow. So the ju- didn't even exist? No, hadn't evolved yet. Not wow. for like millions of years, mate. Calm down. Some of the other like dinosaurs in the park would have been around in the in the Jurassic, but like all the, not all the big ones, but like most of the famous ones were Cretaceous. So. Wow, and oh, I wow. guess yeah, all of the ones that they've chosen for the movie could have been from different times. They wouldn't even have yeah. coexisted. Yeah. yeah, it would have been a People long think- um, movie title if they went through every single <laughs> Jurassic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so wait, I I haven't watched the movies in a while. They found the blood of in the mosquito for one dinosaur, but they managed to make every dinosaur. Mm-hmm. They gloss over that part. Ah, uh, okay. I was just like, did some, I miss something? Some actually, in the book, CTs up. <laughs> in the they book, put, they actually buy lots of amber from loads of digs. Like in the book, they explain it better, uh, but in the movie, they okay. just don't have time. <laughs> so, oh, okay, wow. okay. Yeah. Just get to the action. Another fun fact is Alan Grant is based on. Is his name Jack Horner? Yeah. I've been scared. I'm scared I've been saying his name wrong this entire time now. Oh. <laughs> he's so yeah, the, um, the paleontologist that, um... that consulted for the movies. Yeah, they based it on him. Oh, oh that's nice funny. of them. And in the second movie, they base a character on one of his rivals and then he gets eaten. <laughs> so. oh, really? That was definitely Jack Horner's idea. I love that. <laughs> yeah. The pettiness that scientists have. That's what I do as well. Yeah, the T Rex to eat everyone I hate. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's so cool and in the beginning you put that disclaimer being like any characters resembling anyone is purely coincidental purely <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's quite a fun little fact i don't know if it's that important though oh, um, I, I love that. i've got a fun fact that you all know but anyway can we talk about the fact that david attenborough's brother is one yeah. of those characters not a lot of people yeah. know that yeah. richard attenborough he plays john hammond yeah I don't know if there was any, like, did David Attenborough get him that part? I don't or? know. I really don't <laughs> understand the connection there. Yeah. But I love the bit in the film when he's like, when I came down from Scotland, and I'm like, woo, Scotland! I know. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> and he's What's meant to have di- a Scottish uh, accent in the film, and I'm like, no, he doesn't. No, is there been many um, dinosaur bones found in Scotland? On the island of Skye, there's loads of footprints, apparently. Of Yeah, so, cool. so I need to go have a look at that. I've never seen them. Yeah, but there's sure probably like tourists you can do. Yeah, they're, they're trace fossils rather than like mineralized bones, but I'm sure mm-hmm. there's other sites. I, I haven't looked them all up, but mm-hmm. the south of England is really good for finding fossils. Okay. Oh, that was my really good fact. If you go fossil hunting on the south of England, and I went, I went last summer with a couple of friends, we went looking for fossils. Don't think they found it fun, but I found it fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I found something that looked a bit suspicious. And I read somewhere that if, you, if you're not sure if it's a fossil or not, you can give it a lick. And if it sticks to your tongue, 
then it's a fossil from the way that the honeycomb structure of the bone wow did it stick yeah yeah i've got it in my room it's i don't know what it is it's just a bit of fragment or something but it sticks to my tongue and it's a fossil That's and i'm so, so cool excited. Yeah, oh my god dinosaur. you could probably get it investigated but then if there's something really cool they'll steal it from that's all right i can name it after me nicolasaurus <laughs> nicolasaurus oh god that would be terrifying we actually have um when i lived with nicole we've got placemats for our dinner and mine was amyasaurus and nicole's was nicolasaurus no way <laughs> It was so tacky and I loved them. I've still got mine somewhere. <laughs> Could I ask um, if, you, if you've got the information for this? You told us the biggest one. Is there a smallest one? And was there like little small, like tiny little ones as well as really big ones? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the smallest one was was, was just like a tiny bird-like dinosaur. Like it was mm-hmm. just like hummingbird size, but it's got a weird oh. name that you'll never remember. Oh, hummingbird dinosaurs. I think it's called like <laughs> yeah. or might have just been an oh, artist. Oh, Amy, it, it's stuck in amber as well. Yes, ah. well, that was the interesting thing about it. I forgot to say. Okay, it's tell us that. that. Go. Uh, I, it, it was, they found it in amber. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you, see, you can see its little beak in amber. But yeah, so I just remember that's, reading that and being like, oh, cool. That's one we know what it looks like then. I, I didn't read the whole article. From the head at least, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there were like hummingbird-sized dinosaurs. Yeah, I think That's... dinosaurs started off really small. Yeah, and they just l- made their way to Titanosaurus. Yeah, I'm guessing he's named. A- <laughs> is he named after the Titanic? I think the Titanic was named after that. <laughs> <laughs> that is true as well. Titanosaurus. I think Titan just means big, doesn't it? Big, yeah. Oh yeah, that is true. The biggest moon of Jupiter is called Titan, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Fun fact. It was one of your questions when you said that dinosaurs evolved before grass, and that is completely true. They evolved before angiosperms, which are flowering plants. And a lot of people don't realize that grass have flowers. They're just not the flowers that we are accustomed to like drawing mm-hmm. as kids. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so in the time of dinosaurs, there was no grass or flowers. It was all just cycads and ferns and ginkgos. They used to eat types. ferns and thorns. Yeah, some sort of weird evergreen trees. Like they didn't like obviously that would have been diverse in its own right. And I think a yeah. lot of them are quite rare now. But there was no grass or flowers. Yeah. So wow. again, like so when you think of herbivores, they're not eating what you think a herbivore is eating. Basically, we know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I've got a stupid question. I actually wanted to send you it. I've seen it on um I fucking love science on Facebook, so it's <laughs> true. But it was something about at the time that dinosaurs existed on Earth, Earth was at a different side of the galaxy. I read that, yeah. But I think that's to do with physics and the universe. Uh, <laughs> something about the, the position the Earth is in was yeah. in a different position then than it is now. So, like, actually, the whole situation was totally different. <laughs> yeah, they literally lived on the other side of... I mean, I don't understand the universe, but... Yeah, something to do with live. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're far away. <laughs> Basically, if they were come to come back to life, it would be a true shock to them. Is what we're saying. Yeah. Only not even the shape of the earth is the same. Nothing's the same. <laughs> we have poles now. Mm-hmm. And so weird that today is actually Laura Dane's birthday. Like, what a weird coincidence that we're recording on the birthday of one of the main actors actresses in Jurassic Park. Uh, Laura Dern's the one that is famous for seeing the quote we love and it's um, 
when what's his name Jeff Jeff Goldblum is saying God creates dinosaurs God destroys dinosaurs God creates man man destroys God man creates dinosaurs and then Laura Dern pops up with dinosaurs eat man woman inherits the earth yeah a classic quote I think it's my favorite and just that mm-hmm. the Steven Spielberg who directed the film he actually made it quite a feminist movie he said he always wanted a strong female scientist what which is dr ellie sattler she's a paleobiolog a paleobotanist um mm-hmm. and there's a part as well where john hammond is like oh i should go and fight the dinosaurs and she's like look come on you're old i'm a woman we can talk sexism later when i survive and it's just like pow yeah ah, and then, like these secret hidden messages in it yeah and so just you know makes a whole generation of women scientists me included inspired and she's a very strong strong idol and I think we should appreciate that. That's so cool. Also one of the dinosaurs that um, is a woman because he goes clever girl and then she kills yeah. him. <laughs> well all the, <laughs> all the dinosaurs. Oh they're all female are, aren't they? Yeah until they start oh, yeah. you know changing because they, they, they've got frog DNA. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> however you know realistic that is not very but um that was honestly i love this episode so much I've yes so much i'm really oh, God. and like i love the thing about dinosaur facts is you can tell them to anyone <laughs> yeah yeah it really fun. annoys me how dinosaurs are like kept for little kids and boys little boy kids what yeah no they're f- open to everyone and like yeah. even as adults like you can be like i have a fun dinosaur fact and no one's right? gonna be like i don't know what that means they'll be like yes tell me now everyone likes dinosaurs and if you don't you're an idiot exactly <laughs> they're so cool which is something yeah. like i feel like i struggle with with my science where i'm like i have to give you context if I give you a fun fact about something I did, but Some if of I tell old you old episodes, to... I had to like re-Google stuff I learned in higher biology. I was like, oh god, what does this mean again? Like <laughs> the, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> yes. That's that's the context I give people. I'm like, by the way, that's the mitochondria. Okay, cool. So let me tell you what I did. But even then they're like, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Whereas with a the dinosaur, they're like, oh, that's nice. And I was like, uh-huh, yeah. But like I love them as well. So <laughs> Nah, your episodes are sick, guys. Are you, is it funny being on like the other side and realizing how chaotic it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me on, and it was so nice to meet you, Macnor. It was nice meeting you too. Hopefully, we get to meet in person. Yeah, one day. Hopefully, mm. bloody hell. And Amy, It'd be nice to meet you in person one day. Yes. <laughs> and forgetting what it's like to be around you, Nicole. Oh my God, honestly, it's insanity. Like, oh, Stop also, oh. the asteroid point. Oh yeah. When I say meteor crashed in, it's actually technically an asteroid because I feel like astrophysicists will be on my back for that. I don't know the difference technically. <laughs> I'm sure I can Google it. But if I say meteor, I mean asteroid. <laughs> thank you so nice. for coming <laughs> onto our podcast. Yeah. No, thank you guys. You guys are the best. I love your <laughs> And it's so nice to like see your face because I've never really seen your face before. And now it's like, <laughs> I've got the face and the voice. Now you have a face and a voice together, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I've only seen the little cartoon of you and the little picture. <laughs> <laughs> now you know what she really looks like. <laughs> now it, yeah, exactly. I'll leave you to it. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> so that was our episode with Nicole, which 
I personally loved and I think you loved as well Mm -hmm. I think Um, that was probably one of my faves (laughs) yes I feel like with the guests every new episode I'm like this was definitely a favorite and then the new one I'm like no this was a favorite it's because we've like in real time learning stuff I know I feel so enlightened exactly Uh (laughs) oh that's lovely if you have any questions please feel free to send them to us where can they find us Amy on Instagram at this is a stupid question but on Twitter at TIASQB or you can email us at this is a stupid question but at gmail.com yep and yeah that's pretty much all we have to tell you and we'll see you then Amy take it away do 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 do